We're continuing in our study, seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible, and uh, we're having a good time studying this word. Amen. So uh, we've been, we started and we're going to continue. And uh, I keep trying to go further and faster, but some, well, for some reason it ain't working. But, it, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's all good. Amen. And uh, the word of God is rich. Amen. And it is powerful. Amen. And it is anointed. Amen. You can read one word in the Bible that's anointed. It'll change your life. One word. Amen. Amen. One word, Jesus. One word. Change your life. Amen. So last time, I think that we were studying in, we were seeing, looking for Jesus in the book of Leviticus. Is that right? Am I right? Okay. We were looking to see Jesus in the book of Leviticus. And we said that Leviticus is one of the first five books of the Bible. And the first five books of the Bible were written by whom? Moses. And why did he write them? God told him to. All right. Somebody been paying attention. The Lord told him to. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> so, so in the midst of, so the, was writing the Bible the only thing that he had to do? Was that his only assignment? Writing the first five books of the Bible, was that all he was assigned to do? How many of you have read the first five books of the Bible? All the way through from... Not this finger right here, I'm talking about this one right here. Read the first five books of the Bible. <laughs> okay, so, so, so it, it takes... It takes uh, uh, effort to read the first five books of the Bible, doesn't it? So what was it like to write it? In your spare time. Because didn't Moses have other stuff to do? Lots. Lots. And, right? He was the prophet, he was the priest, he was the shepherd, he was the leader. He was the everything to the people. How many people was he leading? Two, three hundred? Huh? Thank you. Millions. In the midst of leading millions, he was writing. How did he know what to write? God told him what to write. So when people say, well, the Bible, the Bible is incomplete, that's the devil's lie. Now what's in the Bible, it ain't all whatever, whatever, it's what the Lord said right. Correct? Right. So, so Moses, in the midst of all of his other assignments as leader, he had to write. First of all, he had to hear what to write. How do you hear from God? You got to spend time in his presence listening. It ain't on TV. It won't on no CD, no email, no text, none of that. 
And why, do, and why, and why do I, I, I share this? Because I want you to understand the depth of what God was doing when he was giving this to us. It wasn't just somebody sat down and scribbled something down on a piece of paper and said, here it is, this is the word of God. It took time and attention and meditation and consecration and dedication to give us, that's just the first five books. What are the first five books of the Bible? Genesis, Numbers, and what? Hezekiah. Deuteronomy. Okay, so, so let's, let's real quick, I'm, do, I'm just gonna do real quick. How did you see Jesus in Genesis one way? We were looking for Jesus in all these books because he is in there. So how do we see him in Genesis? In the beginning, God. Is God one? No. God is the Trinity, right? Three in one. And who's one of those three? Jesus. Okay? So we saw, so we saw Jesus in verse 1, Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God, and Jesus was there, okay? And, and so that's one, okay? I'm going to let y'all off, okay? We're going on to the next book. What was the second book? Exodus. How did we see Jesus in Exodus? Moses was a type of Jesus. Remember we said that, that in, in the Old Testament, there are many ways that Jesus manifested Okay, manifested in Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, he was there in the creation. Okay, in Exodus, we see him as Moses. Why? Because Moses was the person sent to deliver. Was Jesus sent to deliver anybody? He was sent to deliver me. What about you? <laughs> Amen? So we see, so Moses was a type of Jesus Christ. And it was a way of God communicating that I got you. I got you from, the, from Genesis 1-1 all the way through how many books? 66. 66. All the way down to this moment right here, right now. He was trying to communicate, I got you. All right? So he raised up. So we saw Moses as a type of Jesus Christ. Okay? As a deliverer, as a leader, as a provider. For the people and but he was not Jesus was he was Moses Jesus no how do we know Moses was not Jesus somebody's gonna be like I don't know <laughs> how do we know Moses was not Jesus I can't hear nobody he did not die for your sins did Moses die for your sins how else do we know that Moses was not Jesus? Hmm? He was not resurrected. How else do we know Moses was not Jesus? He was not the son of God. How else do we know Moses was not Jesus? He did not walk on water. How else do we know Moses was not Jesus? 
I can't hear nobody up in here. What? He didn't feed 5,000. How else did we know Moses was not Jesus? Was he sinless? He was not. He was not. That's how we know he was not Jesus. Jesus is the spotless lamb of God. Meaning what? No sin. But Moses was a type of Jesus in the way that he served, he gave, he loved, and he obeyed. Until he didn't. <laughs> like us. <laughs> Amen. We serve, we love, we obey until we don't. And at that place, that's where Jesus shows up. Amen. Amen. So Genesis, we see Jesus. Exodus, we saw Jesus. And in many other ways. Okay, but we just, we're going fast. I'm trying to go fast. Genesis, Exodus, what came next? Leviticus. Leviticus. Is there a connection between Leviticus and the New Testament? Yes, there is. How do we know there's a connection between Leviticus and the New Testament? Jesus referred to it. Thank you. Jesus referred to it. In fact, there are 17 times in the New Testament that Leviticus is used as a reference. And Leviticus is all about God being what? The H word. Holy. It's about being holy. Okay? God is holy. That's what Leviticus teaches. God is holy and he expects us to be holy. Does that mean perfect for us? No. But it means do right. <laughs> it means do right all you can do right. Amen? Be right all you can be right. Correct? Okay? And Leviticus was also a manual in how to worship. And it was teaching the lifestyle of holiness for God's people. It was all about maintaining a right relationship with God. So how do we see Jesus in Leviticus? All right, I'm going to help you. Leviticus 19. Let's go there. Leviticus 19 and verse 18. Are you there? Okay. Leviticus 19 verse 18. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt Love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Okay? Everybody see that? Everybody reading that? Okay? Now, let's flip over to the New Testament, to 
the Gospel of John, chapter 13. Gospel of John, chapter 13. We went here last time. Gospel of John, chapter 13. Are you there? Verse 34. Okay, let's read 34 and 35. Ready, read. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Who's speaking here in these red letters? Jesus is speaking here in these red letters. Does this passage connect to Leviticus? Yes. We just read in 19. Okay? In Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18, who's the person speaking? Hmm? The Lord is speaking. Are you seeing the connection? In Leviticus chapter 19, the Lord is speaking these words to who? To his people, through who? Moses. Hundreds of years later, here's Jesus in the flesh speaking the same word. Is it all connected? Did God change his mind from Leviticus to St. John? No. Consistent. Okay? Okay. All right. So last time we talked about uh, seeing Jesus in Leviticus, um, seeing the love element of God, seeing the love heart of God for his people and for us. And in the New Testament, Jesus is quoting it. So that means, what did he know about Leviticus? What, what, what was his connection with Leviticus? I don't hear nobody. His father, yes. What else? How did he know about Leviticus? Yes, but he wasn't walking the earth as God, was he? So, so, he was, so how did he know about, how did he know what Leviticus said? Because he was taught. Because he was taught. By whom? Hmm? By his father. His earthly father. Who was his earthly father? What was his father's name? Joseph. Come on, y'all. Y'all, yeah, don't be scared. Okay? Taught by his earthly father. Why? Because in Jewish culture, what did you have to know? You had to know the Pentateuch. You had to know the first five books of the Bible. Okay? You had to know that. And, and in Jewish culture, even today, it's still required of young children to know what the Bible says. To know their portion of the Bible. So that's how Jesus knew. Because he was trained. 
And in, in Jewish culture, uh, children are tested on what they know about the Bible. Yes, they are. They are tested. And when they become of age, 13, they have a celebration. And a part of that celebration is they got to demonstrate that they know what the word says. In English and in Hebrew. Oh, yes. And so, so where, 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 where we grew up, uh, our, our high school was like 90%, our high school was like 85, almost 90% Jewish. So, so we learned these things about Jewish culture um, that exists to this day. That's why the Jewish people have such strong roots into their culture because they know what the book says about who they are. They know what the promises of God were that were made to them. He's made the promises to us. Do we know them? Do we know them? Ah, all right, we're finding out some things tonight. Glory to God, amen? So, um, Let's go on to the book, the next book after Leviticus. What's the name of that book? Numbers. Let's see if we can see Jesus in the book of Numbers. Leviticus was about holiness. God being holy, wanting his people to be holy. Holy meant set apart. Not perfect. It meant set apart. Amen. Be different. Represent. That's what it means. Represent. Okay? So now on to the book of Numbers. It's called the book of divine discipline. And I think we talked a little bit about this last time. Did we talk a little bit about this last time? About how uh, the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea with Moses, and then they got out there in the wilderness, and, and, and then they started whining and complaining. Did I talk about whining and complaining? Did we talk, we talked about whining and complaining last time. Um, and uh, they, they were supposed to go into to the promised land, but once they got on the other side of the Red Sea, they started whining and complaining about the manna, and they wanted, they wanted watermelon, and leeks and all this kind of stuff. They wanted to go back to Egypt so they could have dinner, something. And, and so they got into this thing of whining and complaining, whining and complaining. Um, and, and that's a part of the reason why uh, the book of Numbers is called the book of divine discipline because the Lord had to, had to help them. <laughs> you ever had to help somebody <laughs> that was a child? Because this, this was a baby nation, and they functioned like a baby nation, whining and complaining. So, um, in spite of how the Lord had delivered them uh, and all the miracles they had seen, they just whined and complained. They moved over into doubt and unbelief, and uh, we talked about how they should have moved, they should have been moving into the promised land with some speed, but it didn't happen that way because 
They started not only whining and complaining, but they got attitude. How many of you love attitude? <laughs> From baby people. And so uh, that's the reason why it's called the Book of Disciplines, because some stuff had to happen to help them uh, come back to their right minds, okay? And so uh, as they traveled from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai, when they got to Mount Sinai, the Lord said, camp here, let's, let's get ourselves together, let's get our act together, let's, let's shake off bondage. Let's shake off the dysfunction of being slaves, somebody. And let's come into the understanding that God is our God. He delivered us. And he's taking us into a great place, into a promised land. And so, he set them up for that. And then one day, and all throughout, he was providing manna, water, all these things. Um, and he even told them, when it's time to go, I'll let you know. You'll see a, the cloud that's protecting you out here in this desert. It, it's going to move. And when it moves, you move. And so they were instructed to move with the cloud. Y'all heard that before, right? You didn't know what it meant, right? But that's what it meant. Okay. <laughs> All right, glory to God. So they, they, the cloud moves, and it's time for them to move from Mount Sinai, where they had been camped out for 11 months, to the edge of the promised land, which was Kadesh Barnea. You remember me saying that last time. And so they get, they get right to the edge of the promised land to Kadesh Barnea. And, and they were like, uh, uh, well, before we go, um, can, we, can we have somebody go over there and check it out? Because we see that there's some other folk over there. And uh, before, we, before we go over there, we want to make sure it's going to be all good for us. Did the Lord tell them to send spies? The Lord did not tell them to send spies. Why didn't he tell them to send spies before they went in there? Because he wanted them to walk by faith and not by sight. He wanted them to remember, if I brought you through the Red Sea on dry land, I can handle whoever's over there in the land that I'm giving you. But they, but they were like, no, uh-uh, no, see, I don't know about that. So, so they went to Moses and said, oh, Moses, send somebody over there because, you know, we, we, we wanted to be good for us. So Moses wasn't down with it, but ultimately they won and carried on so bad, so long, he sent spies over there to check it out. How many did he send? Ten. Who were they? Heads of the tribes. How many tribes? Twelve tribes. So he sent heads of the, of the tribes over there uh, to check it out. Okay? And you know two of them by name. Who were they? Joshua. Yeah, right. Joshua and Caleb. Right? So they went over there. And how long were they over there checking it out? Forty days. Forty days. Checking it out. So if you go over someplace 40 days and check the land, what are you doing for 40 days? 
I mean, how much land were they given? Like two, three acres? Huh? 10, 20 acres? How much were they given? A lot. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> acres and acres and acres and acres. Land big enough to put cities in it. Did you hear what I said? Land expensive enough to build cities. Would it take you at least 40 days to go over there and see what's up? They had to see where what was? The trees. What else? The water. What else? Plant life. Did they have cattle and sheep and all that? They had to, find, they had to go over there and see. Is there enough there for all of us? Because how many of them were there? Millions. Correct? There's like about two million of them. Correct? So, so just think, if, if, if you had to find a place for two million people, you need some time to check it out. Right? So between Raleigh and Durham, how many people are there? A, a lot. <laughs> a lot, right? A, right, a little over half of that, maybe, right? Yes. Yes. So this was no small job, right? So they went over there into Canaan, and they found out what? What did they find out? They found out it was great. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And they brought back, they brought back fruit from over there, vegetables from over there. They brought back this show. They have show and tell. They had a big giant show and tell. This is what they got over there, y'all. And everybody, and all the people were like, ooh. Let's go. And, and, and Joshua and Caleb said, yes, let's go. We're well able to go up and take it. But, 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 they went, but, but the other spies that went with them were like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, we ain't going over there. Because see, what, what, what Joshua and Caleb didn't tell you, they got giants over there. They big, they bad. We can't, we can't, we, we, we look like grasshoppers to them, and we grasshoppers in our own eyes. So, so, so they didn't go. So, so, didn't, didn't, didn't more whining and complaining. I ain't going over there, no, mm -mm, we all right right here. We, we got manna, we good, we, 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 all, we all right with this man right here, and Moses gave us some water out of the rock. We, we all right. Is that what the Lord told them? No, it was not. So, so the eight started stirring up the rest. Started doing what? Stirring up the rest. Making them fearful. Causing doubt, unbelief, terror. So how, how do you stir people up with that? I told you, Moses don't know what he's talking about. He ain't never been over there. What did he know? What did Moses know? He knows what God said. But they stirred up the mess. 
kept stirring up the mess, kept stirring up, even stirred, even stirred up, even stirred up the, the singers. Okay? And one of them, his name was Cora. Like I said last time, we girls used that name, but back then it was a guy's name, Cora. He's like, uh-uh, no, we ain't. We ain't singing no song, we ain't going over there, we ain't doing no praise, we ain't doing no worship, we ain't playing nothing, we ain't doing nothing, we ain't going. And Cora decided that he was going to start up his own praise team. He said, Aaron ain't nobody. The Levites ain't nobody. I, they Levites, but I'm a Levite. They ain't no better than me. So, so y'all come be on my team. Did y'all know that happened in the Bible? Mm, it did. Yeah, yeah, Cora tried to take over. Um, and they decided they weren't going. And you know what? They did not go when the Lord told them to go. And so because they rebelled and because they stirred up, because of Cora and, and the eight other spies that went, stirred up all these people into a frenzy of fear, doubt, and unbelief. You ever been in a frenzy of fear, doubt, and unbelief? A frenzy means you are terrified. A frenzy means you, you are nervous in the service. A frenzy, mean, a frenzy means you can't sleep. You can't hardly eat. The nation was whipped up into such a place that they told Moses no to his face. Which was the same thing as telling God no to his face. So, the Lord talked to Moses. He said, come here, let me holler at you. Because your people is off the chain. My people are off the chain. After all I've done, after all they've seen, This is how they're going to show. So here's the deal. Since they, since they decide they're not going, then it's going to be a long time before they go. Because tomorrow they can't decide they're going. Because the day I'm deciding that for, for every day that the spies went over there, that's a year they're going to have to stay in this building, this place. And it happened just that way. Instead of it taking a little while to cross over into the land that belonged to them, it took them 40 years. Because why? Because of doubt, fear, and unbelief. After they'd seen the signs, the wonders, the miracles. After God told them, you're my special ones. I got you. I gave you a deliverer. I gave you a savior. I provided for you. Ain't nobody got no job, but and y'all eating. You're in the wilderness and you got water. So you got 40 years to think about it. And to change. 
They weren't too pleased with that, but they didn't have a choice. But they were given an opportunity to change. They were given an opportunity for the Lord still to provide. Did the Lord still provide for them? He still did. Why? Huh? Because he loved them. And because he made a covenant with them. And he said, my covenant will I not break. I don't care what you do. I'm not changing my love towards you. I'm not changing the agreement that I made to take care of you, to be your God. I'm not changing. I'm not changing. I am the Lord. I change not. And so how do we see Jesus in Numbers, in the book of Numbers, in the book of divine discipline? How do we see Jesus? He's still the manna, the bread of life. He's still the water given out of the rock. He's still the lover of his people. And Jesus is the lover of our souls. Isn't that right? Amen. To God be the glory. All right. Guess we'll have to stop there. Remind me, somebody remind me, we're starting in numbers next time, okay? <laughs> in my study, I've been running ahead, so when I get back, I'm like, where was I? Okay. Did you get something out of this? Anybody have a question? Anybody have a question? About anything that we've studied so far? A comment. A thought, a contemplation. <laughs> Isn't God amazing? That's what it's for. Gives a picture, allows us to to connect it to right now. To right now. And the character of the people of God that we see in this word is the character of what we see in people right now today. The question is, where are we? Are we in that place with Korah and the rebellious ones? Are we in that place with the spies who saw the great and the good but were afraid to take what belonged to them? Because they thought it was just going to be dropped in their lap. Because was, was the land that the, the land that was given to them, the promised land, was it vacant, was it open, was it free and available? 
It was, it was open, but was it free for them to just walk in and take? They had to walk into it by faith. And what would God have done if they would have been obedient before 40 years? What would he have done with who was already there? Would he have evicted them? Could he have evicted them? He could have easily evicted them. Has he ever evicted anybody for you? Move people out of the way? Move stuff out of the way? Move circumstances out of your way? It's called the life of faith. He was trying to bring his people to the life of faith. Where he would have just evicted them. Instead, they chose to fight. Would you choose to do it God's way? They chose to fight his love for them. Because he could do the impossible in an instant. And you've seen him do it, haven't you? Glory to God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Somebody needs to praise the Lord up in here. Glory! Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord our God. Thank you for the word, God. Glory, glory, glory. So, so we, can't, we, can't, we can't live as they lived. Anybody got 40 years to wait? Because of disobedience? What do we see in Jesus? The grace of God. The grace of God. The grace. And it's available right now, right this minute, right today. Say, Lord, I receive your grace, your grace.